Jeremy Scipio. Uh, What's going on, people? Oh, you asked, was there anything you needed to know? My co-host is a comedian. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, off, I'm off the clock right now. <laughs> don't, 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 uh, don't be Never on your Never off the clock. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, I, just, I don't want you to be on guard. You know, some people, they get on guard when they're interacting with comedians. I don't know how to interact with comedians. I feel like all of my friends are comedians, so I, I'm just. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, nah, but uh, nah, man, Budgie's the homeboy, man. It's it's it's, it's a trip because uh, it's funny how and I and do and I t- I say this to Jeremy all the time. I meet people, and when I meet them for whatever reason, they just happen to be like, just very good at whatever it is that they do. But like on a level of where it's kind of like, you know, they're not necessarily Yoda, but very, very good at what they do. And uh, when I met you, um, first of all, I met Budgie through Maceo from De La Soul. Shout out Maceo, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Maceo, Dave, pause, smiles. Yeah, the whole, whole De La crew. And um, when I met Budgie, uh, I was out doing the gorilla thing with Brown, and uh, Brown ended up kind of getting cooler with Budgie because he kept going out with gorilla. It was a point at Gorillas where I came back, and then Brown was out there. But uh, when I very first started Splendid, Budgie was one of the people that I actually know. You don't even remember this. And uh, I want to say I asked you for some music or some beats or something, and you gave me one of the early gospel mixes, kind of. Oh, yeah, I gave you the first one. 
and it's and it's funny because you know I wasn't even thinking Budgie was a DJ or producer, none of that stuff. He was just a cool dude that would be around when we came to London and Mason <laughs> always, you know, be getting up with him. So I was like, okay, cool. So when he gave me the gospel mix, I was kind of like, at that time, Splendid Radio was a, uh, I would try to get eight hours of music because my whole concept for Splendid was we were out with gorillas so much and I was out with all these artists that were dope. And I was like, man, what if I could just get MP3s from them and just play it on my site and promote it? And so that was, that is where this evolved to, Budgie. So it, it started off where- Yeah, um, I was there, I was around at the start. Yeah, yeah, nah, that was, that was dope. Jason. And, and, the, and the funny thing about it though, was that when he gave me the gospel mix before I listened to it, I was kind of like, ah, oh, man, Budgie just, I asked him for something and he just gave me anything, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then I started listening to it and I was like, damn. I was like, uh, how does a dude in London put his finger on the pulse of like some African American historical, cultural, religious music? It's like, it's, it's just amazing to me because that's something that if someone would have tried to teach it to you, they probably wouldn't have been able to teach it to you. It was just something. I, w I wouldn't be able to learn it from anyone because it's just like you're just finding things. It's your own journey. That's how I am with music. It's like everything is like I have to. You can people can like give me hints to go in different directions, but I really have to go there on my own. You know, people can show me dope things, but it doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to go and spend the time that I spent on gospel, but I'll appreciate it. But then, I don't know, I just had a few hints of, like, other songs that I liked and other producers that were doing it, like Alchemist. And uh, I found found a few things, and from there, it was just like, I want to find more. If, if I found these, there has to be more, and there always was more, and there's still more to this day. And I've been doing it for 10 years, so... But yeah, when we met, that was the first gospel mix, gospel according to Budgie one, and that was in 2010. And I, but really what, I, I'm talking about getting into things, really how I got into it is my cousin is from Chicago. My whole mother's side of the family's from Chicago. So I would go there and stay there. And then my cousin, Mike, he was a little older than me and he had a car and he would drive me around to record shops and he was driving me around to these record shops on the west side of Chicago and the south side. Then he drove me to Detroit. He, we drove all across America in 2010. And um, we went, we hit like DC, New York, uh, Baltimore. We were in South Carolina. Then we went to Detroit and then Chicago. And at each place I was just finding different gospel records, but I wasn't finding that many. It was just like finding a few ones while I was looking for other things. I was really on the hunt for boogie records because I was into like the Dame Funk style, um, <laughs> 80s boogie funk, and then just ended up finding some gospel. And then from there, I had this pile of records, and I was like, "What should I do with them?" I didn't really, I didn't really know how to make beats with them because everything was so live sounding. So I was like, "Let me just make a mix," and then that was the mix that I gave you. That mix was dope, man. That mix uh, was played many a Sunday at the house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At the house to a nice Appreciate breakfast. It. Yeah, a nice breakfast. So tell me this, uh, at what point, because, well, first of all, we gotta bring everybody else up to speed. Um, your father owned a record shop. You were brought up around records. So yeah, that's, that's why I was just a geek of 
music in the first place. That was why, you know, I was getting into all these different kinds of music and going beyond like the regular music that people were listening to in London. Yeah. As, as a matter of fact, the time before I saw you at the Cannabis Festival out here, uh, I saw Budgie at one of the most obscure places ever. Didn't even know. I, I still got that picture uh, on the island in Croatia. That oh yeah, yeah. That, was, that was where hey. I met. Um, where did I meet there? I met. No, I thought I met J Rock there, but no, I met him in London. But oh, yeah, that was a good trip. J Rock was out there at the same time. Yeah, no, nah, that was a uh, because I want to say you were uh, Benji B dropped the Benji B dropped either a Danny Brown song or a Aesop Rocky song. At that festival, when people went crazy, I got the uh, I took a video with my camera at the time, and people went yeah, crazy. yeah, the uh, Outlook Festival was crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, at what at what age did you realize that uh, people could resonate with your musical taste? I don't know. I just always felt like I like what I like, and then I just always felt I don't know. I still feel like it's, I don't I still don't know if people necessarily resonate with the taste. I'm still weirded out when people hit me and say they like what I did. I'm like, what? <laughs> you really like that shit that I made? I mean, I like it and I expect certain people I know to like it. But then when, like, you know, when you get different people from across the world and like all ages, sexes and, you know, every, religions and, you know, like every different people of all kinds hitting me saying they like, gospel my gospel flips or like my lovers rock reggae flips and it's like these are like obscure genres that i'm just getting into on some real geeky like on my own just looking for things late at night record shops hours and you know just like time spent just on your own you're just really on your own or you're just with like j-rock or alchemists or just people who are like on the same kind of mission it's not too many people that are like as obsessive about music so when you obsess over this music and then people say they like it it's just always a trip mm. so uh in middle school what did you did you think you were uh the hardest rapper or you were part of like the hardest group i mean i actually did think i was the hardest rapper and that's really a <laughs> secret though because i don't rap anymore and i haven't rapped for about however long <laughs> 15 years but I actually did think I was the hardest rapper, but I probably wasn't the hardest rapper. I do remember I had a battle in school and that shit felt like eight miles. I felt like I was in like. <laughs> you, still got, you still got a flow memorized? Uh, I mean, I could still flow. I could still help people like write bars and all that shit, but. Yeah, he could still accept the check. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'll, I'll help people write and I'll help people come up with flow. I can always hear a flow when I hear a beat. Mm -hmm. I can always hear like, who would sound good on a beat? I just feel like I don't want, I don't have nothing to say. So it's like, why well, am I going to rap? What was the popular music group going on while you were in like middle school? Like what music was going What's on? What's middle school? So that's my question okay. actually. Okay. What, so like, what age 15, is middle school? 13, 14 years old. So that, isn't that high school? Nah. Or isn't that junior high school? Yeah, junior high. Junior high, yeah. So junior high, everyone was into So Solid Crew, which is like a, they weren't even grime. They were like 
old school garage. They were like a garage crew. And they were like rapping over upbeat, like one 140 BPM type of. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, crazy flows. Hey. That's what everyone was into. And I wasn't into that, though. I was just listening to Gangstar and Tribe. Hey. And I was listening to Gangstar, Wu Tang, Tribe. I was just. Slum Village. I really got Slum Village when I was when that came out in like nineteen ninety eight or nine, and I was listening to that when I was like twelve, uh, eleven, twelve. So that was what I was listening to, but no one else was listening to that. And I had to like trick my friends to listen to Slum Village because it had the Busta Rhymes feature. So I was like, Nah, this is cool. It's got Busta Rhymes on it, but. <laughs> Everything else, people were like, what's this? People didn't want to listen to Gangstar. It was like, yeah, it was really like the old school garage sound. Mm. Did you go to school? Did you go to school with any rappers or producers or any other performers? Um, I mean, lo- loads of people were, but I'm trying to think. No one in my school that I can think of now who's like well known or anything. Mm-hmm. But uh. I mean, I there's a lot of people who I was around when I was young and just learning with who are now kind of like one of my close friends who I learned to make music was um, Kay Tempest, who's like, uh, they're a real uh, renowned poet and they work with uh, Rick Rubin um, and we were like making music a lot and then... Uh, I mean, we like that was literally just when I was young and learning. But uh, who else? I don't know. There was a lot. Like the people from my area were like, there's this uh, producer called Darky Freaker who uh, he does mm-hmm. a lot of stuff with this uh, group called uh, Places and Faces. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like a brand. Sorry, my boy Cisse runs this brand, and uh, Darky Freaker like DJs with them, and he's he's produced for Danny Brown, and he's produced a lot of big grime. Um, tracks in in London like Temper T and all these like yeah there's always people around but it's like never yeah I, I didn't come up around any like huge stars or nothing oh wow mm-hmm. and neither am I so like it's all good <laughs> if wow, you had to pick a genre would it be R&B gospel or hip hop you said what favorite? If you had to pick a genre as your favorite music, your favorite style. I mean, I don't know if I could pick a favorite because it's just they're all they're all really. I'd say probably R and B, or just soul, because soul has soul encompasses gospel and R and B and hip hop really. So, absolutely. That's I, that's how I beat your question. <laughs> who who influenced you the most? It depends in what, though. Uh, well, we always go existential as you would like, uh, but it could be as being life, but preferably like just in, in music. In music, I mean, probably my dad, because he has the record shop still to this day. I worked in the record shop. He put me onto jazz. He had the Far Side records. He had the Far Side CDs. That was one of the first hip-hop CDs that I, you know, like when he brought home uh, Lab Cabin, I loved that album. And I loved that album so much that I made him then. I was like 
what else do they have? And he was like, oh, they had an album from before. And I made him bring home Bizarre Ride. And he had the run in 12. And I would always go through his records. And because all his records were mixed up. So it would be like blues and jazz and reggae and all this stuff. And then you would see like the Far Side album cover. And that it was like, whoa, this looks different. <laughs> or I would find like Biz Markie album. Even when I was young, I would see like Biz Markie and like uh, all different. He had Biggie as well. So it's like he's showed me so much tribe. All of those I learned just from like either him playing it or me just going through his collection. I was really digging through his collection before I could go to a record shop. Mm. So that's really my biggest influence in jazz and, you know, all of the types of music I love. The foundation comes from him. Yeah. I to, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I, was, uh, I used to play jazz piano and I was like, um, I'm kind of the same, like you, even you telling your story is kind of uh, bringing back memories of like, um, yeah. you know, like I was in jazz piano class, but I would I would literally, instead of doing my assignment, I would just try to learn like hip hop songs or, you know, whatever, just, or even like R&B tracks, just so I can impress people. You know what I mean? Like, it just was like, a, you know, like I said, just kind of, I shared a similar experience where somebody showed me something and then uh, I, you know, know, just the, the relation, the music, and I just, it just be stuck yeah. in my head all day. Yeah. No, I get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a piano player like that, but I feel the same about just hearing music. What was your inspiration for making the good book? And then what was your process for picking the selections? Um, the inspiration was Alchemist because it was Alchemist's idea. Okay. He had the he had heard the the second gospel mix, and I had given him the first one. But it was when I made the second one and sent it to him, he was like, "Yeah, let's make a project of where we're just going in." So then, that was the inspiration. And then, what was the second question? The process of picking was just trying to outdo him, which is felt like sacrilege like how can I try and outdo like <laughs> greatest producer but it's really just both of us just trying to find the best gospel records and then looping them up or like chopping them up and doing different creative things with them we had a few uh, rap songs so we I had Action Bronson he had Rock Marcy and Prodigy R.I.P and uh, I had my boy Mick Luder on there too from Chicago and he's one of the people that was helping me find gospel records at the start so um it's yeah that was that project was just a blessing to be able to work with alchemists it's like that was a dream come true and it still is i still have to pinch myself to say that i even you know know alchemists and just can hang out with them and you know playing music that's like that's i don't take that for granted oh man i'll say that you uh you hit a pretty cool mark. You know what I'm saying? Like you, like not to say that I know your goals or what you tried to achieve, but to be from London, to have one of the producers that you kind of look up to a little bit or that you, you know, he- A little bit's an understatement. I was like trying to make beats exactly like him when I was in school. And, you know, I was listening to Mob Deep and Dilated Peoples and all the, everything he was producing, the Shabam Sadiq 12s. And I was like an alchemist fanatic and that was before I even knew he was like Jewish and I mean not that that makes a difference but like <laughs> once I found out that I was like oh shit this is, 
like a white Jewish dude, and that means maybe I could well like you know, yeah. There wasn't too many other producers like white. Jewish I could <laughs> see that was just like in the game and making amazing music. So it's like that's always been someone that I've I, to this day try and emulate his what he's done in my own way. Yeah. How did you meet the alchemist? Uh, through uh, my friend Crispy Cuts, he was taking care of him when he had a show with Oh No. They were um doing a show at the Jazz Cafe, I think, and then somehow Chris played uh the music I was producing with my boys at the time was this group Piff Gang from London, who were just a bunch of my friends, and uh, they. Chris played Oh No and Now the music and then he was just down to meet up with us and then we met him like a couple days later, both him and Oh No and just like smoked and played music and then from there we just stayed in touch. And that was when I gave him the gospel mix too, the first one. <laughs> so um, so you did you really Basically that? the same way I know you almost. Oh, okay. <laughs> Except we, you know, we didn't, uh, it wasn't Chris, but, you know, we were just hanging out and got cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, oh, no, ain't no joke on the beats either, man. He got, oh, he man. oh, no, is one that, you, you know, like, Madlib's brother. You know, like, he, he might even be better than Madlib. Like, he, he mm. I'll tell you who messes with him that I know, uh, Opio, Opio's has some heat from him, and Opio's been up from Souls of Mischief. He's been up on him for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, my uh, introduction to Alchemist was. Um, uh, this always comes up. Most times it's not my fault, but I'm gonna take blame for this one. Um, on Nas's uh, Godson album, he has a oh, track yeah. called Book, Book of Rhymes. Oh and, yeah, uh, that's a that's yeah. a classic. Man, yo, he he go like uh. He, you know, he's flipping through the pages and he's rhyming. And he just like, yo, why you laughing, Alchemist? Like, uh -huh. like, he said, this is trash this week, this week. And I was just like, you know, that was like the one producer I hadn't heard of. I was like, Alchemist. And then I started going through his stuff. And I was just like, yo, this dude is dope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So how did you meet Kanye? Uh, That was through Benji B. Yeah. But that was really just the whole long process of everything I've explained to you of like doing what I was doing for all the years, finding these, geeking out over all these records and then just being in the right place at the right time. I was here uh, like a year and a half ago in LA and uh, I bumped into Benji B and he was, said he was helping Ye um, with the the uh, Sunday service stuff for Coachella and if I could you know send some gospel songs because you know he had the choir now and he wanted to like get some other inspiration so I just started sending like hundreds of gospel songs and then he liked them and then he invited me to Sunday service and then I just started going to Sunday service every week and that was a mind-blowing experience for me because I've been collecting these gospel records and then to go to, like, the best gospel choir, or, I mean, one of the best, because there's a lot of incredible ones, but, like, one of the best right now, and they have they definitely have a lot of the best singers 
So to go to that every week and just really like see what I've been into every week and just get it live was a crazy experience. And then also just being able to meet Ye was another insane experience, you know, being able to just speak to a person that I've been been learning from my whole life. But yeah, that's thanks to Benji who really like helped, you know, he played the music and like brought me to the Sunday service with him and introduced me. And then from there, I just been, you know, kept in touch and ended up going to Wyoming and uh, worked on a ton of stuff there. And yeah. You know what? I just I just remembered what it was. Need to give you at uh, at that festival in, in Croatia, Benji B dropped the Darky Freaker ASAP. It was either the Darky Freaker ASAP or Danny Brown remix, and they went crazy. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was the Darky Freaker and Danny song. That was the one that was cracking at that time. They went nuts, man. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's that's one of my boys I was telling you about from. He's from my area, so yeah. Uh, how'd you meet uh, Action Action Bronson? Uh, Action, I met him in 2012 when he had a show, or like early, like one of his first shows in uh UK, and uh, my boys Piff Gang were supporting him, who I produced for, and then we all just met Action and uh. Yeah, since then, we've just been cool. And then, I, you know, I kind of, like, bumped into him again once I moved out here and was over at ours a lot, so. Mm-hmm. So I've been going on and on about the gospel music, because I, I guess that's because th- that's the music that you sent me, and I just kind of got stuck there. But other yeah. class, you said you do your, you said Lover's Rock? You said you do some Lover's Rock mixes? And- I mean, I've, yeah, I did a a project of all lovers rock flips which was called panty soakers four and then i did uh like i did all japanese flips which was panty soakers three panty soakers five was brazilian flips i just get into different zones in music and just geek out just find <laughs> the craziest stuff i can nah that's tight that's tight but no i also love you know all of the rap from you know classic stuff to new stuff to you know mainstream underground i love i mean as long as it's good i just like to find the good stuff wherever that's at and i find you can find that in all places mm-hmm. or most places at least mm-hmm. so how often do you go digging now that uh, you're These days, not much because of everything in the world. But actually, we went digging the other day, a couple weeks ago. Me, J-Rock, and Al went to um, a record shop that I won't name. Yeah, I got a boy. I'm just digging online, really. I'm just digging on Apple Music. I'm digging on YouTube. I'm digging on same place everywhere else, everyone else is digging. I'm digging on Discogs and buying records off there. But YouTube and Spotify, Apple Music, just all the digital stuff, there's, there's so much 
to be found and to, you know, there's never a lack of things in this day and age. Mm -hmm. You're not a purist where you feel like, oh man, I got to have the vinyl. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love vinyl and I'll never like stop that, but I'm not a purist where I have to have it. If it's just like one way to get it and it's like YouTube, I mean, I'd prefer to get better quality than YouTube, but yeah. if that's the way, you know, I just want to hear them, be able to hear the music because that's the important part to be able to hear the music. And obviously vinyl and vinyl is the, probably the best sound if you actually have the right setup, you have a good clean copy of the record and all the right things. But like most people don't have every single step of the way to make it the best thing. And then in that case, you might as well just listen to a CD or, you know, like a good quality file. And then that's probably better than the record. But it just really depends. Some things, you know, some things are good, some things are bad. It's about the balance. What's the most, I was say, what's the most valuable lesson you learned in like hip hop or just music in general? That's a tough question. That's one of the questions I should have read from beforehand and actually thought oh, about. Oh, sorry, dog. <laughs> That's a deep because I know because I, I want to give you a good answer. You don't even need to. Uh, one of the most valuable lessons. Or you can just give me a recent one. How about that? Like something, something that just happened. Like, oh yeah. No, I feel like one of them. You were talking about like. Um. Maceo and how we met earlier through the gorillas when they were doing uh recording the second gorillas album and that's how we met and i was like 16 just a kid in the studio kind of like just running around and doing whatever needs to be done and helping people and stuff but i was getting like a little too gassed to be in the studio and meet like what the far side and De La Soul and like <laughs> Ty and, and Roots Maneuver and like all these and Damon, everyone's in there. I was getting gassed and I was starting to feel like I was like one of everyone else, but everyone else was there to work. I was just like a little studio intern kid and I was gassed and I was like smoking weed and try, like trying to just like make friends with everyone. But then at one point, I was just like trying to get in on the conversation a little too much. And Maceo was just like, I think he was just like, know your role or something. He just like Dang. shut me down. But that was like important. Like, he made me, that was like, just chill. And I feel like a lot of people need that lesson. And I mm -hmm. had that lesson when I was like 16. And I probably wasn't even that bad. But there's people who are like my age, I'm 33 now, who are just complete, like just way too much and just trying too much and asking for too much and just like, just be cool and you'll get what you want like trying to force things doesn't work so that's my most valuable lesson i feel like i don't know it's kind of a long-winded explanation but nah I, i'll say this the cool thing about that story macy will love you to death i'll say it's, it's two people i no, i i love him as well and it's like that's that was just a valuable like you you said like what was the most important lesson i feel like that was an important lesson to learn that from someone like him and there's probably other times where I've like learned that same lesson on different levels, maybe more or less from, you know, you learn, you learn how to act, but like most of the time I just always just try and be cool and just not 
be too much anyway. That's just my in my character. Well, so no, man, I'm I'm glad I'm definitely glad you're around because uh it's two people that Maceo turned me on to and uh and I'll say that he 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 came with two cool uh you and, and rest in peace Ty. You guys were like some of his London yeah, R.I.P. Ty, that was yeah. hard. He was a good dude. And I yeah. met him at the same time when I met you. And still, you know, I would always see him around. And he was always so cool and just made incredible music. It's so sad that he passed. Yeah, I'll, I'll say we, I, I met Ty for the first time. We did a show with him. And it was before I knew he was like, I really hadn't heard any of his music, but it was kind of a, a big show. And uh, the thing that tripped me out was, I saw him as a rapper after the fact, but the show I saw, he was singing and had it was a bunch of people on stage. It wasn't like a hip hop thing. It was like yeah, but he was like he always been making like real music. And if you go and listen to his album, he was like, if you listen to his album, it sounded like a Kendrick album. Like the production and the things he was doing, vocal production and all that stuff. He was always on some like, I mean, almost in the same way that the Far Side were ahead of their time with all the instrumentation on the album and just different yeah like doing harmonies and melodies and all that stuff it's like he was always something more than just a rapper yeah definitely mm -hmm. yeah definitely i was like when i found out he was a rapper it was just kind of like okay he does it all you and know? he's a producer too and he had crazy analog synthesizers and gear and he's a you know, he's just a music man. If you had your choice right now, who would you want to reach out and work with? If you had your choice of just whoever. And the reason I'm asking is because I know I'm probably not going to be able to interview ever again. So I'm asking every question. <laughs> I'm asking everyone. Um, right who to work with, if I could work with anyone. Man, that's one of the tough questions as well. Who do you think? Like, I'll make it easy for you. Who do you think is dope right now? I always forget when I when people ask me these things. I always forget, but uh, I don't know who I'd want to work with. Uh, it, it like the obvious ones, like Jay Z or something, or like just like bucket list things like Sade or like Anita Baker. That would be crazy. I think you can like, get Jay those, But I don't even, I like, that would just be vain. That would just be me wanting to just like do those things. I don't even know if that would be the best music. I'm trying to think of someone who would like make an amazing song with that I could reach out to, if I could reach out to anyone. I don't know. These like all the favorites questions and like dream questions. Those are the tough ones. You live in the dream, <laughs> man. That's all that is. Yeah, no, that's 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 the other thing. It's like I've to be able to say I've produced a song on a Kanye album. That's a that's one that that would have been one of the ones. Like yeah. doing a thing with Alchemist, that would have been one of the ones. Uh, yeah. I just did a beat for Dom Kennedy. He's one of my all-time favorites. So oh, Dom tight. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, um, so can you explain to us what grime music is? Um, I was on Sway in the Morning one time, and he asked me the same question. 
And it's like I gave a whole good answer on that one. So I feel like people should go and find that interview and see what I said on there. Because <laughs> I, I broke it down in depth and I'm not even like a, I'm not even a uh, grime guy like that. Like I love some grime, but it's like I don't know the deep history like some of my friends that might be watching this. So no, any of my friends that might be watching this that want to go and see me make a fool of myself trying to explain grime, go and watch the sway in the morning thing. You can see me. But no, I like grime is just a UK music. It's like up tempo. It's um people were making it on Fruity Loops or like Music 2000 on the PlayStation when it first came wow. out. And then it just like developed into like a real sound you know how like s- sounds develop out of their limitations so grime's definitely a sound that developed out of limitations and but people were flexing with those limitations and doing crazy things and coming up with crazy flows and but i feel like it's influenced by a lot of things it's influenced by the old school garage stuff which is like so solid who i talked about they were big when i was in middle school um mm. i'll give then, you but then it's also Grimes also influenced by stuff like Timberland and like uh Three Six Mafia and like US stuff like trap early trap and like South music where they like got that kind of tempo and where even some of those kind of synth sounds or like West Coast synth sounds like Dizzy Dizzy Rascal, he was yeah. one of the first people in London or in Europe probably that was um, a fan of Nipsey. He he had a, a interview on Jonathan Ross show in like 2008, and Jonathan Ross was like, "Who's your favorite rapper?" And he was like, "Oh, I love this dude named Nipsey Hustle." And mm. that was way before Nipsey was anyone. So mm. Grime has always been like, and and Dizzy also has a close relationship with like Bun B and stuff like that. So it's like Grime and the Southern and West Coast Grime and regional hip hop. Let's say not. Not so much New York hip hop, grime and regional hip hop has a close relationship, which I don't know how many people talk about that. They'll probably tell you. I'm just saying this as like an outsider, but I definitely grew up around a lot of grime. I seen how like Wiley invented it, and I seen. I remember when when Dizzy got signed. I was doing work experience for XL Records, and so I was definitely around grime, mm-hmm. but um, it's just never been my sound. Nah, you. I, I, I respect it and like it, but then I came here because I was, you know, I, my sound's always been more like soul and hip hop and jazz and I don't know. Yeah, what I like about it is, uh, they flip. It's very witty. Like it is. It's like rap. It's it's not like how people talk about lyrical rap. It's like not a bunch of gibberish, and it's really witty. And then I like when they they mix it up with like the little. Uh, the Jamaican accent, like the patois, they can flip it back and forth. Yeah, so that's it's a mix of like the South shit, the dancehall kind of. Yeah. That's definitely a big influence, like dancehall, dancehall, and like garage, and like all these different kinds of music just blended. And it's really Wiley who invented it. Nah, that's that's no, dope. So your top three MC. This is another one of those questions. It's oh. like <laughs> top three MCs, Snoop. Hey, um, wow. Uh, 
Snoop, uh, ODB, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, I I wouldn't really put ODB as one of my top MCs. I'm just, <laughs> but no, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, though. It's like, is what's the difference between top MC and favorite MC? Could that be the same thing? Yeah, who's your favorite? Let's say your favorite. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess ODB is one of my favorite. It's just too many. Nas, it's like Nas, J, Biggie. I love the East Coast. I love Snoop, Sugar Free. Um, Sugar Free. Yo, show those the other Western respect. The Bay Area. <laughs> I lo- yeah, I love, like, Man, it's just too much. I can't. I can't be. Ne- I feel like I feel unfair for naming all those names, and I feel like I have to name a million more now. But I'm gonna just stop. <laughs> I'm just glad you threw a curveball in there. He threw sugar free up in there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> His favorites. Yeah, I have. Like- I have other obscure favorites who are just like. Yeah. No. I, it's not. It's not even worth me continuing. I'll say this, man. I appreciate you, bud, you tapping in. I know you're in a studio session. You know, I ain't talked to you in like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> since, since I'm glad this. we did this because it's like, shit, if we didn't do this, how long would it be? We might have to. Nah, but we know, gotta have, nah, real- but we have to. We have to link up now. Yeah. Or at, yeah. Least speak, at least speak on, at least speak like this again soon. Yeah. And, you know, saying uh, we'll, we'll knock elbows, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> At least uh, tap elbows and do that. And I won't ask you a million questions, you know what I'm saying? Uh, bro, <laughs> you could ask a million more. I, I feel like there's more. I feel like we need to do this again at some point just because this is just like the re the reconnection. And, you know, there's going to be more to speak about. I definitely. Oh, man, for sure. I... And, I, and I'll say this, uh, man, I'm proud of you. And I'll just say that, man. When I heard the gospel, not saying you were dope, not saying you weren't dope before I heard that, but me not knowing you and knowing your music and you just being a guy that was around, and then for me to hear the to hear your gospel mix, it was kind of like, damn, this dude got something, man. Like he really, you know, he because because part of it is the cultural disconnect. It's kind of like you're you're a dude in London, you know what I'm saying? You're a dude in from London coming to the stage I, I know that your dad you know put you around music and everything but there's people who are from the united states have been around gospel music all their life but they're and not that's what you were just saying about you're, you've been in la do you love tacos now it's like no nah, i'm kind of bored of tacos and that's how it is with people in gospel they've had too many tacos their whole life and so they just take them for granted so it needs someone like me that's never had tacos to be like, whoa, what's this? And then I'm like, find all these things that's right under people's noses because they had too much of it and they're sick of it. Or it's hey. not even they're sick of it. It's just so ingrained in it. It's just so ingrained in everything and hip hop and R&B and everything. And it comes out through that. But then it comes out through that. And then people forget about all the original ones that they were making in the church that sound amazing. And people just... You know, people just look at that like, oh, it's just church music. And really, it's like, that's some of the freshest stuff. And that's what Alchemist understands. That's what Ye understands. That's what Just Plays and Jake One understand. And 
Vanderslice and all these producers who are like looking for gospel or looking for like other things. So where do you see social interaction going now that we got the Corona shit, the social distancing, everything? Are you not even you're not even worried about it? You just making beats, doing your thing and everything will catch up when it catches up. Uh, I feel like it's just going more and more online. Okay. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. It's, it's going to be virtual chat. It's going to go even more virtual, even more interactive on a virtual level. I don't know exactly how, but it's just going to, it's not going back. It's only going the way it's going. I don't know. That's my, that's my um hot take. I don't know. Nothing really. I'm just right here right now. Who knows? This whole election, everything, Corona, everything, the world's insane. So I'm not trying to make no predictions. But one thing you can safely <laughs> predict is the digital world ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Too much money to be made, man. Yeah. Yeah. Too much money. Well, no, nah, man. Good looking out, Budgie. Uh, you got anything you want to shout out? Any projects? Anything you want anybody to look? Uh, I got the new Holy Ghost song coming out, so that's coming out soon. Just look out for that. And yeah, I appreciate you having me. Shout out to Brown, shout out to Amani. Yes, sir. I miss yeah. them too. Where they at? Oh shit. They uh I'll say Imani's up in the bay and Brown is doing uh he does two other shows today. So he's he's doing those up in his his thing. But nah, man, we gonna have to pull it together. And for you, Jeremy, you got anything you want to shout out? Anything you got? Um, Sunday, I'm doing a, a comedy taping at Edge Studios. Um, pretty sure you can look it up. It's on Pico. Um, yeah, if um, we actually have a limited amount of people we're allowed to have in the, the place or whatever because of COVID. So um, yeah, just DM me on Instagram uh, at Jeremy Comedy. And um, yeah, like, I, have to, I have to make this... Um, more direct because people actually be showing up. So yeah, just DM me and I'll give you more details. Cool, cool. Well, no, good looking out, Budgie. Good looking out, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, man, this was a night, man. Ooh, I, I don't know what tonight is gonna have to bring, man. But uh, once again, I, I this was a good little piece of escapism. It this took my mind off it for a second. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope. The, that dude is out of here. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. No, all good. Well, no, man, we gonna uh I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit you up, Budgie. We're gonna get together and then after your project comes back, comes out, we'll bring you back in for a hot sec. No uh super grilling and detailed questions, me just coming at you, you know. Yeah, no more like favorite lists. It's just like <laughs> philosophical conversation where I can contradict myself. Anything where I have to give like uh <laughs> yes or no or like tell you like something specific nah just like loose loose, loose philosophy yeah <laughs> yo the fact that you shout out nah, sugar free man the fact that you shout out sugar free man that makes you a legend straight up just for acknowledging a legend like yo that's crazy uh, yeah oh man i could i could say more i like all the new stuff like draco and greedo and like all the like the new like ahead of the beat kind of flows and everything you know like i just love west coast shit. i feel like sugar free is really the godfather of all that right 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 like i just i just like when people give the, the proper people respect that's why i'm like okay that's a low 
that you know people don't know that man like i said res- total respect for that yep Good looking out. Well, all right, all right, gentlemen, I'll let you hop back into the session. And Jeremy, I know you headed to a stage, you know, to a stage near you. 